Welcome to Young Discourse, a podcast for kids and adults too, by kids. Three young siblings talk about anything interesting under the sun. Be amused. Do you think it would be cooler to see the world if you're incredibly small or if you're super gigantic? Informed. Dust is actually very colorful. It is made up of things like skin cells, pollen, minerals, animal dander, stuff like that. And feel free to cringe. Out of the two octopi that it took to make those 56,000 eggs, the mother and the father, only two come out. This is Young Discourse, happening right now. Hello everyone, welcome back to Young Discourse. I'm Isaiah. I'm Ben. I'm Melina. And today is another special episode where we ask an expert. Uh, our guest today is a personal trainer working for Diakati, which is San Francisco's leading fitness uh, specialist. He's also a professional dancer who uh, formerly worked on the Hamilton cast. Was it formerly or you still? Yeah, it was actually, uh, I worked with them in the San Francisco cast that came to town in 2019. Oh, and they did actually close during the pandemic, but uh, uh, they were originally supposed to finish their tour in uh, 2020, I think September or so. So now they're actually coming back in uh, 2021, August of September. So, but yeah, yeah, before. Okay. And he's also a Muay Thai practitioner who knows a lot about exercise and fitness. So welcome, Brandon Chan. Thanks so much oh, for having Brandon me, guys. Brandon Chan, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, wait, sorry, just for a disclaimer, like, um, this is like not an ad for the Akati or anything. Like, there's like no financial transaction, or we didn't pay Brendan to come here, or neither is he paying us. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm sliding 20 under the table. Right it's also not in the mail, <laughs> it's also not medical advice. So, like, because everyone has like different physical and nutritional needs, yeah, so true. it's like general kind of knowledge i guess you already understand it really well that's good yeah i think it's an important <laughs> thing to actually understand about fitness in general is that you know we call it fitness practice because for the most part people do to the best of their knowledge but ultimately you know you want to see a doctor or a physical therapist you know if it's something that's specifically health related but in the realm of fitness it's kind of more broader range depending on what people mm. want yeah mm. um so the first question uh we have for you is what are the first steps uh, you need to start to what are the first steps you need to start getting into the fitness lifestyle and everything? Yeah. Uh, do you mean as someone looking to to be a trainer or someone looking to actually like get into fitness? Um, just like in general, like becoming fit and healthy and stuff. Like yeah. That. The first thing I think is very important is to uh, understand your own body. I think that what happens a lot with um, with fitness is that people will you know look at a magazine they'll see something on tv they'll say that person is quote-unquote fit right yeah they are at the peak of their you know physical True. condition and i want what they have right yeah <laughs> which is kind of just as arbitrary as saying like oh you know i, I would love to be that height i would love to be hmm. that you know build right you don't know what their metabolism is you don't know what their you know uh, their normal lifestyle is you don't know you know True. how much money they have to buy healthy food and so you want to start with knowing your own body as opposed to looking to see what the general idea of fitness is. So from there, you can start making specific goals for yourself. It's really good to have goals. People don't think about that much when they first step into yeah. a gym. They kind of just go, I'm gonna lift, yeah. you know? I want muscles. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, yeah, and you go, okay, cool, grab my muscles, and then I, I, I can bench this much. Is that muscle, right? Does, does 
does you know having this much weight you know mean you've accomplished something mm-hmm. do you look better so you want to know what's good for you your goals really set what the workout's going to be and it's more than just in the gym too it should set you know lifestyle things how are you going to eat how are you going to True. you know are you going to bike to work are you going to you know take the car right all sorts of things that go so much far beyond just going into the gym so i would say step one is to know your body and what you want to do with it mm. cool. yeah so like it, it, i know that there's stuff other than just like working out and lifting so like what what do you have to eat what is your diet like oh uh, what's uh what's your recommendation i guess yeah again not professional <laughs> <laughs> but um Kind of similarly, you know, once you find those goals that we just talked about, you know, that heavily dictates what you should eat. That mm-hmm. kind of advice varies from person to person. Um, I, what I feel confident about sharing across the board, you know, whether your goal is weight loss, your goal is, you know, gaining muscle, you know, your, mm-hmm. your goal is having more energy to be able to run a marathon is just an overall thing is to avoid processed foods. I would say, True. you know, no, yeah. whether, and, and extra sugar, sugar and processed foods, no matter what you're talking about, whether it's better energy, better, you know, weight um, management or, you know, or strength, you're never really going to get very far if you're having a lot of soda or potato chips, you know, <laughs> and, you know, crackers, um, things like that. I mean, just taking those out of the equation, going for more whole foods, right? Whole foods, meaning, you know, if you look at the box in the ingredient list, there's only three things or two things, you're already doing way better. If you yeah. look and you can't name, you know, 75% of the ingredients on that box, <laughs> you know, there's this, this preservative and this chemical and that, 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 then for the most part, it's not really gonna be good for your body, you know? <laughs> so again, but then based on your goal, let's say, you know, I, I want, if I want to gain muscle, I want to get big, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to eat, <laughs> you know, rich. a lot of protein. I have to have, you know, more calories in general, right? Yeah. Well, you know, going for weight loss, why would you why would you go down that route, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to lose weight. I'm not gonna, you know, bust out a smoothie and the chicken and then three yeah. cups of rice and this and that. So so, you know, but overall, I would say just having more whole foods is always a better healthy choice, yeah. even if it's not directly related to, you know, whatever your specific goal is, it will help you be healthier, which mm-hmm. I think is an important thing to think of outside of just, you know, the the growth and strength is can I be healthier as a foundation. Mm. So I also know that like in, you you can never do it just instantly, right? So you have but to have a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, hard. how do you? So what's your schedule like? Do you just wake up and start, or? It, uh, oh yeah, I was, I was actually curious about that. Like, yeah. what is like the best time to eat your meals? Because I yeah, heard that true. like eating and then showering is like not good, or eating and eating dinner right and then before, sleeping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, There's, just, there are many schools of thought about that. Um, we can we can talk about one common one, which is called intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which has been around for I think long enough to say that it's maybe past the past the the realm of a fad or a trend. Where we can see that there's actually statistical evidence that this is a good idea. So that one is kind of just like you just shorten the window of time that you are eating. You know, window yeah. as in not like you eat everything in one hour in one day. No, no, I've been like like 7 a.m. through 4 p.m., 
right? That's when eating happens. It doesn't necessarily dictate what you eat or when exactly, um, but mm -hmm. just kind of shrinking that time just allows your body to metabolize what it has yeah. more efficiently. Because you think about it, right? If you've ever felt this before, I don't know if you guys ever felt this before, but you have your <laughs> ice cream right before you go to bed. One, you're totally wired sure. and like, oh, I don't want to sleep. <laughs> yeah. But also you sleep and you know that, that ice cream, you're the most inactive you're going to be. That ice cream is not going to get processed through your system like it would if you had it before you went out to play, you know, uh, outside, play some sports or whatever it is. You know, and your body is now using that energy, right? Mm. So so that's a pretty common one. You don't want to eat right before you go to bed. And then it just kind of sits there and you might feel a little stale when you wake up, basically. But um, one, I mean, another common one would be to say that you want to have a certain amount of protein in and around the time that you are exercising, you know, because you think about your body exercising, let's say with weights means you're really straining those muscles. They're kind of breaking apart the fibers. And then when they rebuild, they rebuild stronger to adapt to what you're doing. That's what, you know, hypertrophy is. You want to have protein during that time. You know, mm -hmm. you want to have something to kind of feed on, to build off of. You ever think of proteins as building blocks? That's what your muscle needs to, to feed on, you know? So there's that. That's all again, a very like condensed version of, you know, of like what, you know, diet is. But I will say that diet is probably equal in importance to the exercise. You know, yeah. like oh, people okay. tend to think I can I'm just going to work my way out of this bad diet, you know, yeah. or I'm going <laughs> to exercise my way into a six pack. But I'm not going to change any of my <laughs> habits. Right. Yeah. It is incredibly hard to do it that way. So you always want to think about what you're eating on top of, you know, what your exercise routine mm. is and what your goal is as well. Again, depends on what you want to do out of it. Okay. Great. So moving on to, I guess, fitness. Um, is it necessary to work out like every day? And like how important is it to take breaks in between your training and whatnot? It is monumentally important to take breaks. As we were saying before, when you let's say, you know, you're really working hard and you're tiring out your muscles, right? I mean, they are, they're like dead the next day, <laughs> yeah. you know? They need to rebuild and they will do that with sleep and with food and with a little bit of time. And that fatigue, you know, goes away and turns into strength. If you work yourself through that and you never give it time to recover, then you actually kind of work the opposite. You'll start to kind of wear down your muscles because they have basically, you know, just just beating it down. Think of anything else you do, right? Like, can you, you know, you play basketball with your friends, do it for a couple hours, whoo, you're tired. Go back tomorrow, you're good. If you do that for, you know, five or six hours in one go, I mean, then you're just like completely wiped. And you're probably gonna have to wait a few days until you actually feel good about doing it again. So rest days are incredibly important. I mean, anyone who's doing seven days a week exercise is incredibly disciplined. <laughs> and that, that, that's, that's a, yeah. a feat in itself, I think. Yeah. But you should always leave at least, you know, you know, one day of a break after a particularly hard workout, mm. you know, or if you're going kind of mild. Right. And you're not really pushing yourself to that, you know, <laughs> that cliff of a workout. It's like, oh, it's like the, <laughs> the last push up. Ooh, right. Yeah. Then you don't necessarily you might not need, you know, a long break or anything. Mm. But but rest for anything is always worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. So especially when you're really pushing your body. So I remember seeing somewhere that like you should always start small, right? Uh, like instead of just like going ahead and lift the big weights. So find the biggest <laughs> person, do what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, can you like build a bit more upon that? Yeah. Um, I'd like to liken that to anything else, right? Mm. If I told you, 
hey, you know, if we're going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach you how to dance, right? Or, yeah. or I'm going to teach you Muay Thai. Let's go teach you martial arts. You've never done it before. I am not going to throw you in the ring with a fighter and say, okay, yeah. beat him up, beat her yeah, up. Yeah, not like in yourself. a movie, like you learn everything in one week, <laughs> yeah. become the strongest fighter. I love montages fighter. like that. Yeah, they just go, <laughs> are you ready? I am ready. Great. You'll be ready in four minutes. Just one song, and yeah. then you're an expert. Yeah, I yeah. the tiger plays, the and tiger. he just becomes buff. I mean, <laughs> I the tiger plays. Okay, and then you know, you know, uh, some some growth is about to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, no, you you always start small, you know, and that's something that in the training realm is something that sometimes you might need assistance with because it's not just starting small like like lightweight. It's also starting with doing things properly. You know, mm. that can be considered, you know, starting slow is that you really focused on form. You know, you see someone, if I said, hey, do a pull up, right? Okay, we all understand. Put your hands on a bar and try to get over the bar. How are you going to do that? You know, kick your legs like <laughs> Super Mario, you know, or just like grab your elbow on top. Like you want to, you know, have good form, right? Or, yeah. you know, a lower weight or, you know, really focus on stability, right? Maybe your muscles aren't used to moving in this kind of way. So you don't want to just yeah. like suddenly throw 70 pounds on top of it and then go i hope i can lift this you know <laughs> if not it's on my face right so you know you just you really want to think about you know this is where programming comes in programming is something that is a particularly like kind of personal training realm tool of uh you know seeing where someone's at you know seeing like how strong are they how mobile are they how stable are they then you say okay we're going to work on you know Stability in the shoulders, stability in the hips. We're going to work on balance. You know, it's not we're going to work on bench press or deadlifts, right? It's just you kind, yeah. of, go, you kind of go into like figuring out where where you can build a foundation of strength, and then you build on top of that. If you jump right into doing heavy weights before the body has any idea how to do it properly, you know, you're going straight for an injury, which happens all the time. So <laughs> it kind of sounds like yeah, of course, obviously, right? But yeah. no, people would just be like summer's in two months you know i need yeah. a six pack gotta get that summer bomb. exactly yeah. and then they, just, then they just go and wreck themselves and yeah the injuries it's awful yeah so <laughs> always you know build smart build yeah. slow so when you're building strength how would you weigh like the amount of repetitions you do versus like the weight versus uh that range of motion or your technique like how would you which one is the most like or which are the most important to focus on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. If you if you saw like uh, an average trainer's like programming, it'll literally say uh, exercise, you know, weight, sets, reps, you know, notes on form, rest period, like all those things kind of come together, you know, for, for good programming. You want to be able to hand that to a client and say, all right, you have this, you know exactly what to do, you know, even like the rate of like, how fast is the down part of the push-up? How fast is the you know up part of the push-up? Um, as far as like, I mean, order of operations or importance, I mean, you should always start with a smart weight, I would say, you know? Yeah. After that, it's unlikely you're going to accidentally do 20 sets, right? Like you won't get there <laughs> if the weight is too high anyways. So I think it's just good to know, you know, start like, okay, right, um, again, like once once you have good form, let's say, and you know how to do it properly, you actually start doing the exercise. We definitely want to make sure you're at a weight that you are working efficiently, right? Too light, you're not really going to exercise. Too heavy, you're going to do like three reps and then you're completely burnt for the rest of the day. So that's useless, right? So you kind of want to find a weight that is 
efficiently, I'm sorry, that you can work through efficiently, as in yeah. it'll help you grow the most. Yeah, like a medium. Mm. Right, yeah. A medium is good, you know, just to start. And, you know, even light is good for a warm up. Get a medium mm. in there. You know, that's how you see sets build, people adding weights to things. And then heavy, you do at the end. You know, you don't do as many, obviously. So, so uh, weight and reps usually work inversely, you could think of like, the higher the weight goes, the, oh, the less, you know, less many times you can do it. But each combination of, of weight versus reps and sets has its own purpose. For instance, if you want to get big muscle, the fact is you have to lift heavy weights. That's what, you know, gets the size. But if you want to have endurance, if you want to be able to do something for a long time, then you go lighter weight and you do like 30 of them. Now your muscles are, you know, like accustomed to doing things for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that just, yeah, it, again, kind of depends on what the goal is. I'm going to be saying that a lot. So bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very goal oriented when it comes to exercise. I hate the, oh, I want six pack, you know, mentality. Yeah. Um, is there a way to find a balance um, between like an, an exercise that's not too challenging that it like breaks your body? versus not too light that it doesn't train your muscles or yeah um the the person who is most qualified to know that is the person exercising i would say Mm -hmm. because ultimately only you can feel how much you're straining or not working you know Mm -hmm. i just say a good trainer should also see those things you know but sometimes depending on what kind of person you are maybe you know when you when you hit adversity with something difficult you know push right through it no matter what and then you're doing all this terrible form you hurt yourself but you know maybe you're someone who doesn't like to you know like doesn't like to feel uncomfortable and that person might need someone to say hey you know what you can do more and it's going to do more for you you know happens all the time when someone goes exercise and they do the same exercise for years on end and their body isn't doesn't even get any kind of fatigue from it. <laughs> but you know you have to know yourself right mm. And a good a good way of knowing is to work your way up from a low, you know, weight or difficulty or intensity. And then when you kind of hit that upper limit and your form starts to, I don't want to say crumble, when your form starts to, to, you know, give away a little bit because of how difficult it is, then you've probably hit your upper limit. Mm-hmm. You should never go past the point where your form cannot maintain itself. If you have to compromise by shifting one way or another, or one side stronger than the other, then I think you've gone too far. And that mm. is a ticket to injury. Mm. But to go back to your question, you know, it really just depends on, you know, how aware you are with with how much you're struggling. You know, struggle mm. being the, the goal. <laughs> not, so, not the yeah. detriment. Yeah. And uh for like someone who can't afford a personal trainer, for someone who's like broke. <laughs> hey man, I'm a I was a dancer, okay? I totally get that. <laughs> Yeah, for someone who doesn't have enough money or like would rather not spend their money on that, uh, what's like a good, um, effective way to exercise and you know get fit? Yeah, um, you know it's funny because I would say that how money plays into fitness is is much less about like I can't you know get to this nice gym or I can't get this really expensive trainer it's actually more about how difficult it is to commit people mm-hmm. I mean I'm just saying this outright but um, <laughs> like people who have you know a lot of money the the benefit there is not that they are motivated and 
the money is you know the byproduct and, and therefore <laughs> they can get all the best stuff usually it's they have the money so they can hire someone to push them along right? yeah. yeah because it's because because ultimately if you're if you're trying to exercise and you really you know are goal oriented you know in your health then in this day and age go on instagram find daily workouts <laughs> with someone go on youtube yeah. i do that at home during the pandemic it mm. was uh, myself my girlfriend we just like every other day just go on youtube 10 minute this workout 10 minute that workout there is so yeah. much stuff out there what makes it difficult of course is committing to it because i'm on we're on our own i'm on my own normally right True. to say well, I, you know, just finished dinner and like, I don't know what yeah, workout today. Right? No one's telling me to do it. That's on me, right? If I paid a trainer, they could just say, hey, it's Wednesday. <laughs> Are you coming in? Right? Yeah. You already paid me. So, yeah, because you, know, like, you can't you can't procrastinate. On <laughs> no, that. yeah, I know. Because they by yourself, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Oh, I know it's next it's like, day. No, we yeah, scheduled today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You paid for it already. So, it, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a great motivator. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Like, I have a cancellation you don't want to lose your money. <laughs> no, and that'll do it. Yeah. But, you know, to respectful, though, to those, you know, who, who don't have the option to go to a nice gym and have a personal trainer. It is most definitely harder, you know, but um, I would say that uh, you you have to you know make the time for it no matter what. You start with just you know trying to be on a schedule, try and think about what you really want, you know, and and that will that will affect the other choices in your life outside of just getting a personal trainer. And I think people like to think of that as like the kind of you know the streamlined version of getting fit, which maybe it is, you know, but there are plenty of people who get up in the morning, go out for their jog before they have to take their kids to school or make breakfast or whatever it is. And, you know, just make that time. And again, unless you are, unless it is, you know, like physical therapy prescribed exercise, you know, it's kind of a different thing. You know, if it's just like, you just want to work out, you just want to exercise, have a better fitness lifestyle. I mean, go play basketball with your friends, you know? Like, yeah. I've done that. That is the craziest cardio out there next to Muay Thai and dancing. But um, yeah, it, there, there's so much more than just going into a gym. I'm kind of like to yeah. people to understand just because the gym can kind of be a gross, you know, like, like intimidating place sometimes. It really can be, you know, just like mm-hmm. ask anyone. That is the case, you know, and not everyone wants to go to a gym, but I think everyone should want to try and be healthy. So I don't want to think that, you know, just because you don't have a personal trainer or access to a gym that you can't make good choices. Again, like just start with diet. I mean, boy, that, that, that just is such <laughs> an important thing in the in the in the realm of of health. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate with that. Like during the pandemic, my gym class was just watching hit videos, which is a high intensity interval training, <laughs> interval training. Yeah. <laughs> No one wants to do that in their living room. I'm just kidding. I do that in my living room. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing during the COVID. So, yeah, I guess afterwards, I didn't really find the motivation to do it again. Wait, this this was actually like your assignment through through PE? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like a thing. I got graded on it and everything. Anyone else feel old in here? (laughs) (laughs) That was not an option back in the early 2000s. I guess in your experience, like what's the best, like, mental motivator for you to keep on sticking to an exercise program hmm i have a kind of biased one i'm just going to share mine then share something more in general for me being a dancer as a as a, as a like that is someone dropping weights if the mics picked up any of that we are inside <laughs> the Giacani facility right now don't drop weights um 
like for me the motivator actually was just you know uh like i have to have a certain amount of fitness just to work so that yeah. one's a very unique one mm. that, that that's not most people i would say but like so that would you know keep me just going okay i have to be able to perform a certain you know um like at the lift a partner in a show i have to be able to have the endurance to do you know this dance for two hours or whatever this is and so that that's an easy one when it's actually required i would say that you know then you really you make the time just like anything else to kind of perfect your trade you know that's one but in general um i would say the important thing for for fitness uh is that you should see it as a way of maximizing, you know, your happiness. I know that's not usually what people are thinking because it's usually more the realm of like, oh, I just don't look good, right? Or like, <laughs> oh yeah. man, bigger muscles than that person, you know, whatever it is. But it should always be kind of in the realm of self improvement and uh, and you know, your your body. I like to say this: your body is the vessel in which you experience your entire life through. So why would you not want to take care of that, right? Mm, yeah. and that might not translate into okay gym three times a week and make sure i jog this and that <laughs> but um you know better health i i like to think usually means you know a better quality of life and so just looking at from that perspective you know it, we live a long life you you want to you want to be as healthy as you can and that will allow you to experience as many things as you can as well you know uh but that's it's kind of a broad way of looking at it. But really, you know, the other other thing on top of that is once you have all the motivation, is information. You want to know again, like to the best of your ability, try and know what's good for you. Try and know what is you know a realistic, a smart goal to have for you going down. Know the process of how to get to it. Um, Sorry, we might be again picking up some sounds of people climbing outside the facility. <laughs> we are in the middle of it right here. Yeah, we're in the gym. So, it, like, let uh, I want to talk about more of like the mindset because we've mostly just been talking about like what you actually do. But yeah. I want to know about like, y- like what you have to, what you have to like set your goals as your motivation because I know that motivation isn't enough, right? You have to have. Uh, self-discipline and you do yeah that is and if we're just to go back to kind of the personal training realm i mean that's usually the what we call the accountability you know mm-hmm. of exercise uh, you know what you need to do right everyone mm-hmm. understands if i exercise regularly and i eat better then i'm going to be more healthy this is not you know like new science right yeah no <laughs> this is not surprising to anyone but of course like okay where do i start right and and that is where i think you know you that, that's where i think makes it a lot easier to stick to your program mm-hmm. is you know what you have to do if you're kind of going or you're taking this video and you're not you know seeing progress people get you know people people get really uh, unmotivated or discouraged, right? Because they go, oh, I, you know, I do this, but I'm not seeing that result. This is all mm-hmm. I want, right? Well, maybe, you know, you could change your goals a little bit. You should try and shift your mindset yeah. about how you want to progress. And then, you know, being able to then, you know, know exactly why you're doing what you're doing is going to be conducive to to your goals. And I think that, again, information is kind of the main thing there. You You want to you know really get in touch with this is what i'm doing this is why i'm doing it and this is what i hope to achieve at the end otherwise you're kind of 
jogging down this you know path with no real end in sight and you're wondering like man why am i exerting the effort right yeah so i think that's part of it is just clarity you know about about what you want and that makes it so much easier to say like okay cool great that's why i'm doing this yeah because yeah, if you just like set a goal for oh yeah i want a six-pack there's more to it than just that well like- maybe you get your six-pack right <laughs> yeah it, it actually happens and then you go sweet guess i'm done more cheeseburgers <laughs> yeah I mean, what happens after that right that's why yeah. a goal should always be <laughs> general more specific yeah well I, actually i was gonna say it should be uh how do you say it it shouldn't be attainable in a way that means you're done like yeah, like true. okay you can bench 135 good are you done <laughs> exercising forever i hope not right but maybe you are able to consistently you know work and lift this percentage of your body weight do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah I, I think specificity for sure on you know how you're going to get to it but also not thinking of it as you know i crossed the finish line and i'm done right because you know something you find in fitness is that you can get it you can lose it you know it just <laughs> you, the the body is constantly you know is constantly changing so it's definitely not a all right i'm good <laughs> done thank you you know right yeah. yeah just like in any profession you know if i was a doctor and i learned in this decade and i've been a doctor for 40 years and there's new science you don't want me to say like no i learned this then so I'm good. <laughs> Not gonna change anything, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same yeah. thing for your body, right? You might discover something that's more pr- productive here. Maybe this thing wasn't actually good for you. So there's always more to work off of, and that's kind of what a personal trainer usually has to do with clients who are very diligent. If you want them to stay your client, I mean, why they're gonna do it if they've met their goals, right? right. So you always kind of yeah. work on giving them more goals, and hopefully, oh, it's a big crash outside, and hopefully, you know set them on a path to understand how to create their goals and how to find you know their exercises for it so maybe not monetarily the personal trainer's dream to make a person completely independent of them but still like that should be the intention yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh so after exercise i guess like a common side effect is being sore afterwards you know oh yeah of course how do you minimize muscle soreness (laughs) why would you want to do that (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, I mean, we can go back to the idea of rest, right? I mean, if you want to minimize it, uh, to giving it time to to go away is one. But if you mean like actually not having it anymore, because, you know, most people would be like, oh, gosh, I don't, you know, maybe I don't want to be sore because I, you know, I got to go to work and I'm sore and I'm tired. I can't do all these things. But the funny thing is that um, how muscles usually work is they're sore because they're kind of shocked like they weren't expecting to do a certain thing. So if you're in, I'm just gonna tell you now, no matter who you are, if it's your first day at the gym and you work to a certain degree, you know, let's say like, you know, you gave it 70% of what you got, which is a lot, right? You are going to be sore. It's going to be tough because it's gonna be sore for a few days. It'll go away. But then what many people think is, is this gonna happen every time I go to the gym? Am I gonna feel like this? I can stand up straight and I wake up funny and this and that. <laughs> but the fact is, once it heals, once you do the same exercises again, again, your body adapts so fast that by your second, I mean, no second, by like your third and fourth workout doing the exact same thing, you might not feel any soreness at all afterwards. And then you can keep doing that, not feeling sore, 
But once you change the exercise, suddenly you're gonna work out this area. You get the exact same thing. Happens to me all the time. I have the workouts I do, and I'm very comfortable with it because I'm trying to like, you know, maintain what I have right now, not looking to get big or small. But if I switch it up and like take this person's class, I go to Barry's boot camp, I do all this, and exercise I'm not used to, I will be sore. I am not exonerated from being sore because I exercise a lot. You know, it just depends on what the exercise is. But as far as minimizing it goes, you actually want to keep doing it. Oh, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If you, the, what won't do anything is you go, okay, I'll only do it like once a month, right? I do it one <laughs> month, you do all this exercise. Oh, your muscles are so tired. And then the next day, oh, they're so sore. And you go, okay, I'm going to leave it alone. And I want to be sore. And you wait a month. <laughs> Your body completely has has completely forgotten what that feels like and you know the exertion that it just used. So when you go back in a month and do the exact same thing, you're gonna get the exact same soreness. If you do it mm. consistently though, every few days, then you won't be sore. And just an overall thing, nothing wrong with being sore. It just means you worked hard. Yeah. I like to think a sign of a, a sign of progress. Just like if you work, if you work out but you don't want to sweat. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> oh, no. I guess I never really thought of it that way. You know, it's, I always thought of soreness as like bad. just pain and bad. But <laughs> nah, man. Yeah. Think of it as uh, we have any gamers here. Like, yeah. you no, know, I feel sore in my heart when I get beat up in Super Smash Brothers. But if I just like leave and go, okay, no, that I'm going to forget about playing a month. I'm going to lose again. All right. Yeah. Keep playing and it gets better. I don't feel, you know, don't get destroyed as often. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing, you know. But then I'll take a month yeah. off and I'm get, you know, I'm not used to it anymore. Yeah, Muscle analogy. Rusty. And someone comes in with that Captain Falcon <laughs> destroys me. And I, yeah, you know, so I don't want that. All right. Yeah. So you gotta keep going at it. It's that's the easiest way to avoid mm. soreness. Mm. Gamer analogy. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are there any common misconceptions about exercising and working out? Like a billion. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we have to unpack this one. Let's see here. Uh, let's say, um, I think one of the most common misconceptions, uh, maybe not, I just, this is my personal opinion, but uh, I would say that if someone can lift more than you can, they are stronger than you. I think that's a big thing that happens in mm. gyms or amongst your friends, if you have a workout buddy, whatever it is, that, you know, this person can that's just using example just like this guy person can curl you know a 40 pound dumbbell and you can only do 20 mm. you know and you say mm. like shoot this person's stronger than me and so how do i get to there and going back to the very first point we said earlier is body types people if any of you follow like a martial arts or boxing you know that a 140 pound boxer would never fight in a professional bout against someone 180 yeah. pounds it's not about skill it's not about strength it's, it's about a, technique. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you want to measure those things against each other, right? So you want so so if someone can do this, maybe they are also fifty pounds heavier than you, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. or they're taller, or they can you know they just like you have to think of of each person as an individual in their own right in the fitness realm, right? Yeah. So you don't want to just go in there and say. Well, like, this is how much I can lift, but this is how much everyone else lifts. Maybe you're 110 pounds and you can lift twice your body weight that someone <laughs> 200 pounds would never be able to do. Your relative strength is yours, right? They yeah. call it pound for pound in boxing, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you want to see how much someone with this body type 
can match up with someone with the exact same body type. Yeah, like, now you are measuring actual technique, right? Yeah, like maybe like a sumo wrestler or something. It's like not like a a the world's best uh fighting champion can be a sumo wrestler in a wrestling match. There's right? a completely different yeah mediums, <laughs> yeah. right? So you don't say, oh shoot, I'm not strong because this. No, 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 no. It's 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 all you know. You have to figure out what your strength is if that makes sense yeah um another okay let's see here sorry <laughs> you gotta cut me off at some point because of those conceptions <laughs> in the gym oh boy there's all sorts of uh another one is i would say not anything particular but form thinking about mm. form mm. you know a lot of people will, you know will will have their own opinions about just like this is how you properly do this exercise or that one and there's a lot of people who's right a lot of people who are wrong a lot of people who are just you know like they're you know they're generally trying to you know be wary of it but what what often happens is uh you know the way one person wants to work out you know is is probably not really a good way of doing it but it makes them happy and makes them feel strong that someone else should definitely not do yeah you know so uh, again, you know, you just look at other people and, and how how they're exercising. And, you know, I, I think that form is a big thing that kind of falls apart often, actually, mm-hmm. um, with people who just go into a gym and think I got to lift and I have no mm-hmm. idea what they're doing. Like you definitely, you know, maybe using a machine wrong, you know, you're <laughs> using the wrong muscles. Like there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. And that is actually dangerous. So <laughs> you don't want those kinds of misconceptions. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So is that it? For misconceptions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. But no, but you, you, you can move on whatever whatever you like. Yeah. Um, so can we move on to your uh career path and like how you got into fitness and everything? Yeah, it's kind of a funny um funny thing. It's just fitness has always been part of my life just because like I've been dancing my entire life. So to a certain degree, I had to, you know, <laughs> like be fit enough to do the things that were required of me um starting with like i went to lincoln high school in san francisco uh and there was a b-boy club there and that's kind of the first time i learned that dancing oh man it requires a certain amount of athleticism right yeah and so moving on from that going into ballet and modern in college um and then actually dancing professionally like it became more and more a part of like before it was kind of fun and also as a teenager it's like yeah i want to look good right <laughs> now it's like no i want to get a job right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have to be able to do certain things you know not you know bench press something but like just to be certain to have a certain athleticism and fitness like was important for work so then i transitioned to like learning muay thai you know and then i learned something that is also very very challenging and then the, the the big catalyst actually is um, is the pandemic, which I think was a catalyst for a lot of people to change because the whatever path they're on maybe didn't work out, you know, yeah. at the time being or got cut off or whatever it is. I actually um, during the pandemic, since there are no live performances, I got my certification um, online, like many personal trainers do, just to start. I'd already. I've already, I've already been the kind of person who would bring my friends to the gym for fun and make them work out and make them super sore. It was great. Yeah. And then they wouldn't come back for a month. Full circle. So, um, yeah. And so I always I like kind of enjoyed, I like, I like pad holding. I like teaching my friends how to do Muay Thai as well. And I just thought, well, you know, I enjoy doing this so much. I've always been someone who just like prefers to do the things I actually enjoy, which is why I dance. Not that it's the easiest career, but I like it. So that's a, that's a big motivator. Yeah. And um, 
after getting my certification, I actually, it's how I uh, ended up here at Diakati. This uh, th- this place itself, just a quick thing, really it's a, it's a personal training facility and um, they have an intern program for new trainers to kind of help them get on their feet, learn how to program, learn how, you know, like whatever they need to know, more business, more marketing, more anatomy, more exercise science, more nutrition science, whatever it is. Like I came here, that's where I really started getting, you know, getting a leg up on, on the personal training side and also like my first batch of clients as well. So it's uh it's always I'm definitely newer I will say I'm looking for the uh, the professional professionals but <laughs> I would say that this is definitely you know something in the realm of what I've done with my entire life but only recently really honing it into a career and I will say with any profession as time moves forward you always you know are trying to learn that's why you call it you know personal training practice, medical practice, you know, you are not, there's no masters. It's always a growing science, you know, it's always new information. Mm. Yeah, even the teachers get taught. I sure hope so, yeah, because information (laughs) changes over time, yeah. Yeah, definitely, right. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like my background here. But uh, yeah, on top of personal training, is actually something you can do like based on whatever hours you want and when clients are available. So that's just something I like to do alongside with performing once real life opens back up again. Yeah. If you're listening to this and it is no longer 2021, we are talking about the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, you've been dancing your whole life. Like you, in your bio and in the web, Diakati website, said that you were dancing on cruise ships and you explored the world. Like what was like kind of like your experience with that and your and what you learned from that and why did you pursue that in the first place yeah uh so for me i um when when you're when you're when you have a when you're getting a dance degree there's not a super clear i mean i guess there's like a clear path of like what you're gonna do you're gonna dance but it's like not that many jobs so one of the ones i, I learned about was dancing on cruise ships which is cool for a college student you know yeah. because like i just i just graduated i have no money you know i like and cruise ship dancing is basically like you live on the ship you perform on the ship you eat on the ship and you travel on the ship, right? It's like your entire life. And yeah, so that's- it's your home. It is your home. It's your home away from home on the sea with no cell service. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what that's like yet, okay? I assure you, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that experience was basically, um, you know, my, my first job out of college and it was actually also the first time I really started going to the gym, just kind of bringing it all back here. But I actually, um, through the wonderful uh, reality of not much to do on a cruise ship when you are <laughs> sailing on the sea for three days straight, going from one island to another, is I started going to the gym. I started working out and I started seeing the kind of like changes it caused in the body. And I was all about it. And then uh, that's how actually that started. And so but as far as like the dancing and work went, like it actually wasn't a huge part of the, of the lifestyle i mean when you live on a ship and you only have to perform once every three days it's a lot of free time but that's eventually how i kind of made my way into like okay then i met more people from new york city and then they told me move to new york city you know try doing some musical theater and that's how the next journey of my life started after my third cruise ship contract and i was like ready to be back on land <laughs> and see people again you know not the same people uh, all day every day which land is lovers. Again, great for a college grad. I save money. You got to travel, see the world. Very unattached. But yeah, after that, landlocked. What's up? Nice. 
So that was your journey to becoming part of the Hamilton cast as a dancer? Yeah, a very early part of it. But um, in the musical theater realm, that I moving to New York City was a catalyst for that. So once I got to New York City, you know, then it was just like, okay, I'm here as a dancer. Now I got to learn how to sing. I learned how to act, you know, going to all these auditions. There's like, you know, hundreds of people to audition against. So it is the New York life. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and people think of it as like, yeah, artists making it big, right? L.A. or New York. Yeah. So in musical theater, yeah, I mean, I, I auditioned for everything. It's not like I was like solely focused on Hamilton. Hamilton just happened after a few other shows and a lot of auditions and a lot of rejection <laughs> and a lot of side work as well. I mean, personal training, you know, right now is like is my main thing, but. I always thought it would kind of be of a, of a supplemental work, you know, to support the uh, actor's life because, I mean, I also weighed tables and I catered and I <laughs> taught fitness classes, you know, or dance classes. So yeah. did through the gamut and personal training is actually like I feel very passionate about, <laughs> which is nice because, you know, that's what I'm doing with most of my time. But yeah, dancing, um, essentially like Hamilton was kind of a stroke of good luck. Like I had been auditioning for it for two years with no luck. And then they just happened to have a cast coming to San Francisco. I didn't even choose that. Like, they just said, ah, we'll have a spot for you in the Hamilton cast. I was like, oh, cool. Which one? There's six, right? And they said, the San Francisco one. I went, no way. That's home. And I hadn't (laughs) been home since 2009. And the contract started in 2019. So it was like a 10-year homecoming of everyone being relieved that I actually did something with a dance degree. So I was like, when I was born. <laughs> what? 2009? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Shoot, I was about to bring up all my favorite 90s bands. And, uh, Long <laughs> all right. 2009, really? <laughs> all right, when were you born? I was born in 2004. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Great. I, I was still in middle school then. That's a <laughs> good time. I'm actually... Oh, you go ahead. Uh, how was your experience in in the Hamilton musical and stuff like that? Oh, it was awesome. It's a great show. <laughs> you know it's a great show because I'm going to assume that most of you don't know musical theater or watch it. The average person <laughs> doesn't, I would say, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah. But you've all heard of it. Yeah, yeah actually, we actually we were actually obsessed with Hamilton in like, middle school. Yeah. We yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, my, what? my sister especially like uh there's and like apparently the fans were like called Hamel trash or something. Trash. <laughs> I don't know. Hamel gold, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay, here's my test though. Name another musical. Uh, uh be more chill. In the Heights. Hey, hey. Okay, okay. <laughs> How do you yeah, know Be More Chill? That's one of my favorite musicals. Oh my gosh. I remember downloading the entire script of Be More Chill. <laughs> <laughs> what you learned the actual, or just like read the actual script. That's yeah. so funny. Great. Okay. Well, you, you, I'll be Michael. You can be Jeremy. Um, okay. In that case, I'm more impressed because, I mean, when I grew up, no one I knew knew musical theater. Like, it's the thing that the nerdy musical theater kid knows. Yeah. That was me. And then now, you can't go anywhere without someone at least knowing Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think. um, So going back to my experience in it, like that's what really made it kind of a unique experience is that I had done musicals before. Like, I mean, a more more well-known one is West Side Story that I did and one called The Bodyguard, which is a movie from a time you guys weren't around. (laughs) And neither was I, I don't think, actually. (laughs) It was like 1990. But yeah, Bodyguard. Woo! Um, And no one, no one, you know, knows or really cares necessarily. Right. But doing Hamilton, everyone's just like, (gasps) 
Hamilton. So it's like, <laughs> it was like the clout that came with that, you know, the recognition of the musical. It was pretty awesome. Like, yeah. felt pretty cool, you know, for not for the first time, but let's like, you know, for the first time with my non theater friends, like mm. my family, you know, just yeah. like, oh, this thing we could talk about to other people and say, yeah, <laughs> Brendan's in Hamilton. Everyone goes, oh, wow, Hamilton. Right. So that part was really, really great. The other part of it was um, I was the only like full Asian cast member, you know, in the show, which is not because they don't hire Asians. It's because there's not that many Asians in the industry. You know, yeah. Just to be just to be clear, mm-hmm. that's not a that's not, not saying anything about Hamilton. Yeah, you gotta be a doctor. <laughs> hey, it's true. I know. No, my god, brother and sister, and both of them are <laughs> much more oh, academic really? realms, realms. I am the middle child, if you cannot tell. <laughs> and um, like so, being the one Asian in the cast, you know, also meant that you know when we did things like like Eduham, which is where they invited high schools to come and actually see the show. It'll happen at some point. Um, they, you know the for the first time ever like the asian students which is a lot in san francisco and the bay area you know got to see a full asian person who's also from san francisco so being that person was like a really i don't know how to say like it was i i felt very very humbled very honored you know for that to be able to like you know i can't my high school came to the show right so i kind of felt Mm. like trying to full circle giving back not encourage you know more young you know well, young, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, like, you know, children of color, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. or the BIPOC community to actually, like, be engaged in this kind of thing. Especially because Hamilton, as you know, is a show about you know, the 1700s when everyone's <laughs> a person of color. So yeah. so being a part of that uh, journey is it's like so much more than just being in a musical with great music and great dancing. It was <laughs> yeah. just like also, you know, personally... Uh, a really uh, fantastic journey. Yeah. Can I ask, like, what were like, what was your role? Like, were you a backup dancer? I was, yeah. So we, uh, so you have principals and ensemble. So the principals will sing the song that you recognize and have, you know, like the names of the characters. And ensemble are, yeah, basically backup dancers. Except, I guess, I used to always think of myself as a backup dancer. I realized it's called ensemble because they all have to sing too. They also like oh, yeah. make up, oh. make up, you know, the backup vocals as well. Yeah. So as opposed to just like dancing. And this show is really good about highlighting the dancers as well. So in some like more traditional shows, you have the singers in front and the dancers in back, backup dancers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is just like everything's very much interwoven. If anyone's ever seen it, like it's just constantly a moving thing. I played an ensemble member. Also, uh, I was a character called George Eaker. Who oh. is? Uh oh, someone knows who that is. Oh no! I spoiler kill? alert. Oh okay, How yeah, you're gonna you say. Kill <laughs> no. Yeah, you're the jerk. The jerk. In the I world. was totally the jerk. <laughs> yeah. I was at the. I was in the house seat uh, top, and he talked to me, and I totally shot him. Can we say that? I think we can. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Hamilton, Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a. <laughs> that's not an advertisement. Paid promotion, yeah. So that was um, that was a fun role. It was yeah. though. I gotta have a little rap, you know, not a you lot. Get, so yeah, you get to be the villain. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cool, it's fun. Yeah. One time, the villain's gun got stuck in his cape, and the scene where I was supposed to shoot Philip, oh, it completely got tangled up, and I just like shook around in a cape, and I was like, all right, cool, and I left the stage. <laughs> that was one of those things that just happens in live theater, which mm-hmm. is the best. Yeah. You just gotta improvise. Yeah. The show must go on. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. You don't stop and say, hang on, one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that on a show, are you kidding me? You have any more Hamilton questions or not really? Can I ask you about uh, Muay Thai? 
<gasps> yes, you may. So, like, what? So it's like a martial art, right? So, what did Muay learning Muay Thai and becoming a Muay Thai practitioner teach you about the body and fitness? A lot. I mean, it's funny because spending most of my life doing break dancing, I always thought like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm tough. Like I <laughs> roll around, I get bruised up, and spit in on you know whatever. Doing Muay Thai for the first time, going to my first class, and excuse my language, getting my butt whooped. Basically, <laughs> it was like, oh, like this is a different kind of grit that I'm not used to. A different kind of toughness, mm-hmm. different kind of difficulty. Like people are, you know, there's I'm, I'm holding pads and people are kicking and punching and hitting you, and you just <laughs> have to learn to take it. Right, that kind of thing doesn't happen in anything else except for certain sports. Right, football, yeah. obviously yeah. taking it. Yeah, that, that's that's the easy one. But like, actually, you know taking hits and trying to you know, persevering and like the three minute round you can't stop until it's done that kind of exercise taught me a whole nother level of uh cardio and endurance i would say you know because yeah dancing is you know very much like an endurance thing but it's, <clears throat> it's a little different when it's the kind of endurance where it's like someone's just hitting you and you're trying to protect yourself and then you have to hit them back and it kind of just goes on back and forth until the round's over. Like, it's a very, it's a much more, like, primal, desperate kind of, you know, exercise. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, fight or like, flight. Uh, yeah, yeah, you really got to fight yeah. those instincts. I am a flighter, just to be clear. So and until I took Muay Thai, I was like, okay, I'm learn, learn a little more about standing my ground. Um, but that being said, I, I don't want to promote it as a, a tool for violence or fighting. It's not what it is. Like, like go to a class, it is... That is the, it's how you learn to be stronger, right? Like ultimately it's self-defense. It is a competitive sport. It is also good for self-defense. It is not something that any practitioner of really any martial art should ever use to be like, great, cool, I can beat up people, right? You go to the ring, you go to the class and that's where it stays, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, so Muay Thai also kind of became a really great tool I learned for teaching others because most people frankly don't want to go to a gym and lift weights some people like myself i actually like i prefer learning a skill over just getting bigger triceps yeah. <laughs> like utility and function of the body is so much more interesting than look right because someone come up there like happens all the time you know and i was this person i came to the gym i'm already working out a bunch so i feel very confident about my body I go to Muay Thai gym. There are people there who are not as fit as I am. But man, I put on those pads and people started throwing kicks and punches. And I was totally the weakest one. Yeah. Right? So yeah. great, you know, great use of a six pack, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, don't hit me. <laughs> right? Yeah, no use at all. So, so you know, thinking about actually using your body, that that's where I thought it was very, very, um, it, was, it was much more, uh, interesting, much more productive, much more you know useful too. And then, and kind of bring back to my point, when I offer that to my friends or my clients and say, hey, you know what? If you want to do cardio and you don't want to run on a treadmill or ride on an elliptical or a, you know stationary bike, maybe we can learn some boxing. I would say yeah. everyone, every person almost that I have just like introduced to it, and just like I hold mitts, they have gloves, they punch punch, I catch catch, right? <laughs> like everyone enjoys it. Everyone enjoys like the feeling, you know, the 
it's empowering. You know, you realize your body is this strong, can do all these things. And I'm there, I'm enjoying it. And that, in that way, Muay Thai, I think has become a really, really great tool that I've learned. I'm never planning on being a professional fighter. You know, that's not in my wheelhouse. I just, again, I'm a flighter, okay? <laughs> you can catch me in the ring. Um, and I, I like using that as a tool for just general wellness and lifestyle. It feels like you're applying that um, workout to something as an actual skill. And even my, you recently joined a Taekwondo. Yeah. Dojo, right? Did you now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You see that uh, America's Got Talent uh, Olympic Taekwondo team that just came out? Oh, I haven't seen that <gasps> yet. They got the golden buzzer. Are you kidding me? You oh, might not really? know what I'm talking about. It was awesome. You're gonna, Dang, I need to watch yeah. that. You're gonna break so, all the boards. <laughs> I love watching Taekwondo like displays. Yeah. It's like they can kick like super high. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah, they the break like a kicks. brick or something. It is definitely <laughs> like it's very flashy and very fun. That's yeah. for sure. That is not what Muay Thai is. Just so you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Pause. I know you guys know the rap. I don't. <laughs> I just listen to it. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Did you have to learn that for Hamilton? The rap? <laughs> the beatboxing and stuff? No, no. Oh. I just have no life. No. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any final thoughts? Like any any last words to say? That sounds like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, Is this yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm do not you, leaving you, here, am I? <laughs> yeah. But do you have, yeah, do you any have anything else advice? to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, the 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 thing i feel very strongly about um just because my so in my family diabetes is actually it kind of runs in the family I did 23 and mm -hmm. me and my grandma you know my dad pre-diabetic a lot of things um just mm -hmm. linking all back into i know we're talking about personal training and you know and like the gym <laughs> and all these things but really like going back to to diet it's something i i would want to share with anyone i can is that you know, lifting weights and being strong and do all these things and looking good is all is all fun. You know, it's all good. It's healthy. Sure. You know, aesthetically, you might be more confident. But actual health, I think, is 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 truly the main focus of mm. fitness in yeah. general. Like mm. it does. I would say there's no point, you know, if you're going to, you know, build up this big, strong, whatever, <laughs> and durable, you know, long distance, everything body if you do it and then once you're done, you know, whatever, right? And you're just yeah. like, okay, I did it and then I'm just gonna eat whatever I want and do whatever I want and, you know, and, yeah. and ultimately probably end up very unhealthy because of that. Like there was no point, I mean, not no point, like to do, you know, to challenge yourself and do amazing things is, is in itself a benefit. But in the realm of fitness and lifestyle and health, I think, the main thing everyone can do because not everyone wants to go to the gym is everyone mm. can try and eat, you know, more healthy. <laughs> and I truly uh, believe that like in the realm of, you know, like I know I'm more prone to diabetes as well, just like all my, you know, parents, grandparents, everyone is like, I know that eating well is the best thing I can do to combat that because mm. this is America, mm. right? Like the the, <laughs> the, the the thing we really have to worry about, you know, is is the health of, of, of the citizens. And that is not a lack of personal trainers, okay? <laughs> like <laughs> there was no personal trainers long before, you know, like like the, the you know, obesity and diabetes rates started to go up. And I think it's really diet that, you know, do your research, you know, try to make better choices, whole foods, you know, there's no reason ever, I think, to just, you know, drink a bunch of, uh you know so, it's like soda all the time we're just like you know have you know beer every night let's like you know you, 
you you really should take care of your body. It's yeah. it's what you have. It is yours, and for better or worse, you're stuck with it. So you should take <laughs> care of it. You know. Yeah. Um, unless the future happens and we have surrogate bodies and robot control. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until then. Until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, okay. yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for your okay, wonderful questions. Yeah. I guess that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. And uh, you can email us at Young Discourse. And the discourse is, as you probably already know, D I S K O R S. Thank you, Brendan Chan, for uh, being our guest on this episode. Yeah, thank you for everything. My pleasure. Thank yeah, you for knowing me more chill. It's a good musical. <laughs> Last plug. <laughs> All right. See you. Bye. Peace.